0: Live Brunch. We are (laughs) live and welcome to another episode of Live Live Brunch. Live Brunch. Live Brunch.
1: I think, it's, I think it's, it's one of the best things we've ever done. Me saying live brunch. <laughs> you saying live time. brunch. I could, yeah, that's, it's like, it's like healing. Is it? Yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Well, good to have you with us again, Christine. Um, welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. We are just going to unpack some of what Joel has just preached on. He looked at the topic of forgiveness from the Exodus story. Um, if you've got any questions, please drop them into the chat. and We'll try and get to them. I say that, but then if I look at my phone, great. Um, but also use this as a tool to uh, very much have these conversations within your small group. Uh, we do encourage people to ask questions and have questions and, and work out these questions in community and we do that through small groups. If, if you haven't signed up to a small group, we are manual.com slash small group. But we did a lot of talking about sacrificing lambs and so I thought the most obvious first question should be, what's your favourite lamb recipe? And you might ask me, why don't we have any lamb? Live brunch, and I would agree well, with yeah, you. You should have absolutely. had some. Ramen. We do have
1: some cake, you do have some. This cake, unleavened is, bread. It, <laughs> no, this is very leavened. Very I think, even bread. but to it's, I it, it is real cake, but we're not, um, we're not going to eat it because it hasn't thawed yet. So it's, I don't know how that happened. I'm not supposed to say that it was taken out of the freezer, um, late, but I think I might find a way to eat it even so can but you I, just tell us your favourite okay I'll do that <laughs> <recipe>. <laughs> well yeah maybe a Moroccan thingy mm. you know like that the one with apricot and all that that's quite fun I like but I, at the moment I actually do have some lamb at home waiting to be eaten so uh, I haven't sacrificed it there's no blood on the door but it's um, it's gonna get eaten proper great yeah and it's just it's probably a bit of a you c- could say it's Irish like um, Irish style casserole whatever you call it Irish stew. Stew. yeah because it's got, I don't know why it's called that, but that would be what they call it, I think. Cooked in a slow cooker, you said?
0: Yep. Great. Yeah. How long do you keep in slow cooker for?
1: In this case, a very long time. So, welcome to Cookery Hour with Emmanuel Church. We, we have um, <laughs> um, a slow cooker that I put it on last night and, and this morning I turned it off so that I can heat it again later in the oh, day. No, overnight. So just do it for ages and see what happens. And beer. There's lots of Guinness in it. Just, you know, that's what I Maybe it's yeah, a very Irish, Irish yeah. 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 Guinness. Yeah. 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 So uh, it should be good. Great, Christine. Well, we, we can all back. come over if it's good. We'll, we'll, we'll send out <laughs> flares across the city and just welcome to. Not really.
2: Well, we've actually got lamb and apricots later today. Come on. Today, but uh, another favourite of mine is flatbreads with a bit of Greek yogurt, yes. a bit of goat's cheese, you win. and then barbecued, spiced lamb, cut in strips, on the top with pomegranate oh, seeds.
1: Word. Do you know what? Since we're on this. <laughs> Um oh, we're, going, we're going deeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. No, during lockdown, when it was everyone was on the beach in Brighton, when I mean, they weren't supposed to be, um, I was down, down on the on the beach one day, and I was sitting just a few yards along from from some guys who were who were cooking some lamb on their barbecue on the on and they were they were just doing it in this really unusual I'd never seen it before. The way they were cooking it just fascinating. And they, they they had a really low flame. It wasn't a charcoal thing, it was just like a normal, tiny little flame. Hardly any heat. But they said, um, I, so I, was just, I wanted to chat with them. And, and, um, and they, they're these Muslim guys from Afghanistan. And so we had a nice long chat, and I tried to share about Jesus with them. But I was you know, not quite enough English, but it was a nice chat. But they, they, they had enough English to tell me how to cook lamb. <laughs> and they, they said, they said if, you, if you stick it in onions and garlic and stuff the day before, just like that, and then, and then about two or three hours before you cook it, um, smother it in chopped up kiwi fruit, Oh wow! Loads of kiwi fruit, just like just f- c- cover it with kiwi, and then and then you cook it, and it's by that time on a bit of salt, just at the last bit, then it's kind of it's more tenderized by the kiwi fruit. You sure it was kiwi fruit, or is it just a yeah, it's probably miscommunication? The
2: content of this kiwi fruit, isn't it? What <laughs> you did
1: they, you say? What did you think they said? I said
0: no,
1: they could have meant another no, word. No, definitely, I checked. Kiwi I did fruit. say kiwi fruit, and they, yeah, no, they, 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 it's right. Yeah, the acidic thing, I think I wear it wears it down. So, and that meant you could cook it over a low flame, and it, and it's still really tender and. It was brilliant. I tried it and it was, it was very good. Probably too much salt when I did it. But, uh. You can
0: now turn off Live Brunch because you've got so we, important
1: bits. That's what you came for. Um, Christine,
0: we've got some uh, questions for the small group. Yeah. So do you want to read them Yeah, out first?
2: Yeah, yeah. And so these the would
0: be good questions to discuss when you're in your small group.
2: Yeah, certainly. So to help you think about the story a bit more, so we'd like to ask you firstly, what do you think it felt like for the Israelites on the night of the Passover? So you've got to think about what was it like when they shut their door that night? Hmm. And then secondly, the Passover shows God's judgment and his mercy. When you think of God, are you prone to emphasize one over the other? And how does that affect the way that you relate to God? Hmm. So do you think of him as more judgmental or more merciful? Hmm. And then thirdly, what does it look like to stand in and remind ourselves of the reality of God's forgiveness even when we don't feel like it. Mm. So, lots of good questions there to to get into the content of the sermon.
0: Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I've got a few questions to put to the two of you right now. I think so. The, we're going to look at forgiveness, we're going to look at stuff about the Passover, and then just more the whole as we the question that you've just asked what does it feel like to feel forgiven, mm. to be forgiven? Um, and so, my first question is is on the whole issue of forgiveness and justice. So mm. in the news, uh, last few days, the stuff that's, co- that's going on in Nigeria, the stuff that we've had in the news over the past few weeks, mm. uh, very much about people who've been oppressed and, and throwing off oppression. And kind of the, um, people could accuse Christianity and, and forgiveness as saying, oh, then you don't really care about justice and you don't mm. really care about, like, righting these wrongs or you just say, oh, it's forgiven and move on. Uh, how do you hold the two intention? tension? How do you, um, how do you forgive and yet uphold the rights of the oppressed and see justice.
1: Yeah, I guess that the tension comes in when somebody um, reduces the the, the, um, the the arena of salvation to uh, something too small, to, to, to one dimension, um, when I think it's truly a three-dimensional thing. I think when God sent his son into the world to bring salvation, to rescue the world, he, he, he had three things in mind. Um, and certainly, perhaps at the heart of it, you could say, was the, the individual's personal need for God's forgiveness and mercy. And that was why Jesus' blood had to be shed for the sake of each of us to receive the mercy. But it's just as true to say that Jesus came into the world to, to deal with... Um, injustice and uh, the kind of hatreds and division that have crept into the world because of sin. And so there's a kind of, there's a personal impact of, uh, of God's grace, personal impact of the cross and resurrection of Jesus. There's also a, a kind of uh, a wider relationships, horizontal impact so that, you know, when, when Paul talks about the impact of the work of Christ, he, he's only ever a few sentences away from talking about the division between Jews and Gentiles and how the work of Christ has brought one new man and brought uh, this amazing unity uh, in diversity. Um, and then you see that worked out by the end of the Bible to all nations, you know, so that, so that all people groups are united by the, the lamb, by the the, the sacrifice of, the, of Jesus. Um, and then you've got a third dimension, no, so you've got the personal, you've got the intergroup one, the, you know, the interracial, if you like, interethnicities. You've got the final one, which is to destroy the works of the evil, mm. one. the kind of cosmic level. There's, there's supernatural forces that we don't see, but that have c- huge control over human affairs and, in fact, over the w- cosmic affairs. And, and Jesus, through his blood, has reconciled all things uh in heaven and earth and seen and unseen uh to god and so there's a cosmic level which means that evil forces evil structures uh, are are defeated ultimately by the blood of jesus the reason i give you that three-part sign that's all biblical is that it means that there isn't a kind of a choice between um did jesus come to deal with with oppression by sinister powers Injustice, or did he come to deal with the individual's conscience and need of redemption? The the biblical answer is that he does both and more. Uh, And I think what we do sometimes as Christians is we reduce it foolishly to one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so you get Christians who (coughs) say, Jesus came to just deal with individuals, to forgive me of my sin. It's got nothing to do with society, nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with with the poor or injustice. Well, that wouldn't be true biblically. But also people make this, this the opposite mistake and say, Uh, the kingdom of god is all about just uh dealing with hostile powers dealing with injustice and not about you know me needing forgiveness i don't need forgiveness i'm i'm fighting for justice and no 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 it's still also true that you need to come to terms with 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 your own sin and and be redeemed from your own sin as well as help well look to God for for impact globally, socially, and so on. Does that make sense? I think we need to seize the side of of both and even more in terms of the kind of cosmic level. Did Mm. you want to add anything?
2: Yeah, I just think there's an aspect to this uh, in which people sometimes feel like if I offer people forgiveness, it means that what they've done doesn't matter. Mm. and actually it does matter mm. and our giving forgiveness to someone doesn't mean to say that they're not held responsible for their actions or that what they've done is not wrong yes and I think it's really important to understand that as well
1: yes
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I guess to sum up what you've just said uh, what would you say to the person who is is watching the news and feeling a sense of anger um, and in, in a way unforgiveness um towards the oppressor what would you say to them
1: well i think there's an anger which is completely appropriate and i I wouldn't i wouldn't um hurry past it um i think if you're not angry about injustice in the world um you're wrong (laughs) you need to catch up with god who who uh Well, one day we'll see how angry he is one day everything will be set straight and it will be the will be frightening because the bible uses language that we we don't like turning to those verses that describe god showing up and setting things straight because they're they're gory you know it's not just they're not just a little bit a little bit cross it's like they're they're horrifying because god hates wickedness and injustice of all kinds so, when we see something that's that 's profoundly unjust it 's not wrong to start feeling a, a genuine sense of anger and frustration and if that well it's funny if you you know even in a fictional if if, if somebody watches a, a a villain in a movie and doesn 't feel like oh, i can 't wait to see that guy get bumped off at the end um, there, <laughs> there's something about that that's kind of there 's an appropriate sense of justice that, that's come that comes through but the 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 obvious processing of that is is to remember that it's god's place it's god's place to to deal with injustice it's not it's not ours and so that you know the bible more than one you know it's vengeance is mine says the Mm. lord i will repay and part of our calling as christians is to remind ourselves of that sometimes it's a painful thing to to just okay it's not my job I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember that God will see to it, God will deal with it, and I don't mm. have to. In, in, and in a sense, we, we cut ourselves off from the responsibility of being God. We can, it, it, it frees us from the, the, the sense that, you know, I have to go to bed every day thinking, uh, you know, that I, I, I've got to live with all the injustice in the world on my shoulders. No, 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 that's on His shoulders. Mm. And I'm actually encouraged to rest, to sleep well, and to just remember that He will set things straight. It frees us up, and sometimes that's re- related to forgiving—that we don't we don't carry grudges. Mm. You know, we could talk about when it's right to express forgiveness and when it's right not to, but in, in neither case should we carry grudges. Uh, we need to remember that's God's place and His work.
0: Brilliant. Mm. Um, we you talk quite a bit about the Passover feast, and Paul in his writings do in the New Testament. Let's talk about the significance of the Passover feast and calls us to, to remember it and to celebrate it. And I must confess, I've never <laughs> celebrated the Passover feast. Uh, what does that look like for us today? And are we expected to kill lambs and cover uh, our doorposts with blood? Or what does that look like today? Like that.
2: Well, I think, Joel, you talked about it in your sermon, didn't you? You talked about Jesus inaugurating the Lord's Supper mm. when he was celebrating the mm. Passover. So up until that point, the Jews had been celebrating the Passover and it was their way of saying, you yeah, know, well, I'm going to put my trust in God mm. each time that they did that. But then when jesus came and said he was the passover lamb and instituted the lord's supper the bread and the wine that was what was to replace that for christians after that point yes and that when we come to the bread and the wine we're remembering what jesus did which of course that passover moment the lamb being shed was a foreshadowing of yes, that wasn't yeah. it but we remember what jesus did for us and his blood hmm. being shed for us so yeah. that's the significance really for us yes. now i'd say
1: yes absolutely I, I, So. I, it it's like the regularity of taking communion. Yeah. Um, it, 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 there's a kind of a natural uh, continuity. It's like the, 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 we, don't, we don't sacrifice lambs, um, just in case you're wondering. I haven't done that recently. Honest, don't do it. I trust you. The one that I'm eating at home wasn't ritually sacrificed, I promise. Okay. Just want to make that clear. Um, the the um, communion that we do probably more frequently, you know, they had to the pass over every year. And we, we would, you know, weekly, Emmanuel, when we're gathering in person under um, normal circumstances, says, it's a good way to regularly remind ourselves this is who we are. This is our story of redemption, yeah. our story of being set free from slavery. I think that it's, it's interesting that in the New Testament, the Passover gets brought up either directly or indirectly a few times. The, the New Testament talks about Passover as, as though the, the Christians were were aware of it. Mm. And these are people who many of them weren't <laughs> Jewish. So they, they would have known the Passover story enough for the, the, the New Testament writers to say, remember the Passover, right? Yeah, you, you get, we get how Jesus is the Passover now? And so they were obviously coached in it, even though they didn't do it. And I think that's a really helpful model. It's like, you know, we know, these bits of the Bible that describe these rituals, we don't say, yeah, we don't, that, that's old, that's irrelevant. You know, that's just, that's weird stuff from pre-Jesus, We just have the New Testament. No, no. The way to understand Jesus is through the Old Testament. If you don't get rid of that, remember the Passover properly. Think about it a lot so that you can appreciate what Jesus has done. And even some of the stuff like the fact that there's no leaven there's no yeast mm. in the bread what's that about well the new testament makes a thing of that you know don't just get rid of the leaven get rid of the yeast and you know when they celebrated passover every year they had to have bread that wasn't made with yeast and it was a deliberate thing of saying we 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 were rescued out of slavery quickly we didn't we 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 made our bread quickly and we didn't take on the leaven the egyptian our slavery story was over and when paul says in corinthians says Get rid of the old leaven. It's like he's saying, your old life, get rid of it. Mm. Your old, The old stuff that you have been set free from, it's like that ball and chain of uh, whatever slavery it is, do not live in that anymore. And so the Christian that says, well, I've become a Christian, but, you know, I'm going to stay um, committed to this relationship uh, that with this person who worships another god, um, who I'm not married to, but I'm going to just carry on sleeping with them. Um, or I'm going to carry on, you know, I'm going to carry on uh, fiddling people financially because, wow, well, you know, that's, that's, that's how I live. That's my way. And Paul would say, it isn't. That's old leaven. That's just that's, that's slavery talk. You're not a slave. You're, and the Passover is all about, no, you're, you're free. And that, so for the Christian, it needs to be that radical sense of, what is it about my life now that is totally different to my old life? And it mm-hmm. should be a whole list mm-hmm. um, and if you've never seen any change, then you need to think, God, help me to be more free because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. the Passover's happened yeah, it, it does feel I mean with the
0: with what the Jews went through um pre jesus with with the with the Passover festival and just the the preparing for the Passover festival mm-hmm. it, it wasn't just oh you rock up and you do this, but you know you've got to make sure your house is in order and that certain things mm. as he yeah. said are, are being met um I guess uh, do we run the risk of not preparing ourselves when we come to the communion table? Because we just, we get familiar with it. It's something mm. that we, we used to do every Sunday when we met uh, and we did church together. You know, I <laughs> haven't done communion in the past few mm. few weeks. But is it, what can we do to, like more, to prepare ourselves? Is it just going through some of these things uh, on a regular basis? saying, hey, what's some of the, the leave-in that I can take out of my life as I come to the, the Passover table or the, the, the communion table? Yeah. Is, there anything, is there anything you would do you practically start help or suggest?
2: Um, I, I, I think it is easy for us to become a bit uh, laissez-faire about mm. communion or mm. Lord's Supper, whatever we call it, if we, if we do it in an unthinking way. Mm. And I think um, it's important that Jesus said, uh, remember. I think you know, we need to remember almost before we get to that moment of going to the table, don't we? We need to be thinking about what is this symbolising? What is this about? It is about the death of Jesus on the cross. It is the fact that it was a once and for all sacrifice. And once we start to- talking and thinking about those things, mm. then, you know, worship wells up within us, doesn't it? And then, then as we go to the table, we're full of thankfulness, but there's also that sense of also looking forward as well yes. to the day when all sin will be wiped away. We'll be in heaven, there'll be no more sin, no more tears, no more crying. So there's a part that past, present and future future element isn't there and I think it's really good to think about those yeah, things as I we approach the table. Yes, yes.
0: So, so good. Um, My last bit of question before we, um, we finish is the whole thing you talked about feeling forgiven hmm. Uh, hmm. and being in that place of knowing that you've been forgiven and just emotionally knowing I'm forgiven of this in. what would you say to people who are not really in that place and who are also struggling to forgive themselves and saying well, I can't really forgive myself because it's a terrible thing. That, that I've done,
1: mm. what would you say to them? I think they, the, that's a common phrase. Uh, I, I hear it all the time from all kinds of people for all kinds of reasons. You know, I, I know that God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. Um, and I, 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 I very much I sort of sympathise with whether, what the person's saying. I think what it expresses is the challenge that probably most Christians, if not all, have in some way where there's a gap between our, uh, uh the sort of n- the hope, the knowledge that we have of the gospel and our, our experience, our feeling of it. Um, and that's that's a, a real challenge. But the way to deal with it, uh, will be to to effectively just to preach to ourselves, mm-hmm. to 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 tell ourselves and to keep keep, um, coming back to the truth coming back to what's what's objective what doesn't change because our feelings will fluctuate our feeling of having been forgiven will keep changing and i think when we say if somebody says i can't forgive myself it, the the slight the 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 problematic side of that statement is that it sounds quite pious <laughs> it sounds quite holy it sounds almost quite noble mm. I can't forgive myself, God forgives me but I can't forgive myself, sounds like my standards are so high that <laughs> I can't forgive myself. And you have to think, well, wait a minute, just step back and think, what are you saying? Mm. Are you saying your standards are higher than God's? You know, God forgave me but he, he'll forgive anybody, because <laughs> you know he's like that, You know, he's, he's, he doesn't really look carefully, whereas I, I really know what I'm like. Mm. Which is nonsense it 's the opposite way around, God knows you much better mm. if god's forgiven you that's much more shocking you 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 being able to forgive yourself is trivial compared to the staggering cost mm. of the Almighty Holy One forgiving you, and if we can't see that the the if we're not kind of almost just staggered by that then we're going to get into silliness about, you know, well, I can't forgive myself. It really, our sort of personal grasp of how forgiven we feel, whether we can view ourselves, it really is trivial. Mm. And, and, it, and I think what we might, if we step back even further, we might re- begin to realise what we've been doing all along is not really taking our sin as seriously as we thought we were. So the person that says, I can't forgive myself, it sounds like they're saying, what I've done is worse than you. You can forgive yourself, but I can't forgive myself because what I've done is worse than you. So they're kind of saying, "My my sin is really serious. Actually, w- you don't have a clue how serious your sin is. If you think <laughs> what you're actually in danger of doing is unbelief, which is the root of sin, mm. which is, the, in a sense, it's the worst sin. It's the, the core of sin is unbelief. Mm. So you're saying to God, I don't believe you. You say I'm forgiven, I don't believe you. Mm. I'm going to wallow in my un- my unforgivenness. Mm. That's, that's not good. So I'm speaking fairly strongly, for, partly for the sake of time, just kind of making the point clear. I hope it is clear. What we need to do is say, God, what, what is the thing that I'm setting up as a, as a higher verdict than yours? Mm. What is, it? is it me? Do I have higher standards in my strange imagination than you do? Or is it some kind of version of myself that, you know, maybe I didn't get into the university that I wanted to go to? You know, i didn't get the career i didn't i didn't do well you know and so that's i failed to achieve a certain standard and i can't forgive myself well that doesn't have anything to do with god mm. god is not that isn't a sin in itself and if it was god's for, you just receive forgiveness Brilliant. <laughs> so it's like we what is the thing that you're bowing what's the god behind this if it's mm-hmm. like a, a personal achievement has become more important to me than god's verdict then that in itself is a mistake
0: mm. i think there's also we've got we've got to finish i think there's uh, a sense of I'm finding my my penance in my feeling guilty, mm. Mm. and that is my own punishment. So yeah, you know, yeah. I'm off the hook they because I felt guilty, yeah. and so I know that allows me to then feel forgiven because yeah. so I feel guilty, as you said, and, mm. and it's really common trap. Yeah, you don't you I'll don't do justify yourself. Yeah, Jesus done. justified you. And yeah. so. Our time has come to an end. Hey, if this has stirred up some some questions for you, or or even like some strong feelings and emotions, uh please don't do this by yourself we are a community come be a part of one of our small groups get connected uh tune into our live stream next week we are are back on youtube at 10 a.m and we'd love to connect with you and serve you but have a great week ahead thanks so much for joining us joel and christine and we'll see you next week